I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the Power Platform Show. Thanks for joining me today. I hope today's guest inspires and educates you on the possibilities of the Microsoft Power Platform. Now, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Colorado in the US of A. He works at Lumen Technologies as the Global Power Platform Lead. He focuses on the administration and governance of the Power Platform inside the organization. It's not his first time on the show. You can find links to his bio and socials in the show notes for this episode. Welcome back to the show, Andrew. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me back. Good to have you back. And I really uh, am looking forward to understanding um, how things have changed um, and what has changed. And also let's to, to drill in more into, you know, running the power platform practice inside a large organization. Um, for those that didn't hear the last episode, you can find it out uh, at podcast.nz365guy.com forward slash 422, where we unpacked what Andrew did at uh, Lumen Technologies, what Lumen does, and really how he scaled the power platform. Before we jump into that, is there anything new, any anything new in your private life that's happened lately that you can share? Anything, any milestones reached or anything like that, Andrew? Yeah, so I just uh, recently became a principal solution architect um, in mostly the M365 area uh, here at Lumen. So that's been that's been really nice. exciting, really good stuff. Yeah. 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 Have you attended any great events since I last spoke to you, which was all, all coming up close to a year ago? I think we're about 10, 10 months ago last time I had you on the show. Mm. Yeah, nothing, nothing, uh, a lot of things online. I think the things that, you know, we've all been attending, uh, you know, like build and, and some of those things, but uh, looking forward to, uh, to the conference coming up here in October. That's going to be, I think that's going to be really special. So you're going to Vegas. Yes, going to Vegas. <laughs> nice, nice, uh, nice. Still I bet can't you're get the YouTube tickets, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me, um, just some high-level stats because uh, it'll be interesting to see how things have grown. Um, how big is your maker community inside Lumen? Yeah, it just uh, crossed over the two thousand mark for our um, for our maker wow. community. Yeah, yeah, 2000. it's really amazing. <laughs> Do you have a feel for the number of uh, automations, chatbots, um, apps that you're running now? Yeah, as we as we're kind of looking at it, and we've had um, you know we've had some divestitures, and and the size has uh, changed in our in our company, um, and we've still maintained probably around uh, eight thousand automations running, and uh, you know just over five thousand um, apps that are that are currently running. We we're seeing we're seeing pretty pretty significant growth every single month. Yeah. Wow. It's been year over year. It's really, really great uh, growth as well. One question I wanted to ask you was around how do other parts of the business, uh, I'll give you a scenario that I've come across. So mm -hmm. an organization sets up a power platform practice and they want to go out and empower people in the organization to become makers and build their own solutions. Really what's been happening for the last 30 years where people have gone and grabbed 
excel and and build something to make their life easier in their department mm-hmm. or an access database or you 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 fill in the blank right any product but there's pushback now that I'm starting to see that managers say hey this person has been employed to do this role they're not to be an extension mm-hmm. of the IT department you go find your own people for that <laughs> this person needs to st- stay within their lane have you come across that and how do you deal with it you know um so surprisingly no we actually haven't come across that. Um, we, I would say we have the inverse of that, where wow. we have people within departments who have gone and they show what they've, they've done, or they've been asked to do a certain thing. And then either, you know, directors or managers within those departments then see what was done and they go and ask them to do more and more. So now all of a sudden we see these people who have a backlog um, of things that that are being asked for, so it it yeah, it's interesting on that side. We're not we're not having that, and I think part of it is because the business is seeing the value that's invested yeah. um, there. So they're they're understanding that if that employee is over there working on something that is going to you know either increase revenue or bring down the amount of time for like a field visit or something like that, they're they're seeming to grasp that really really fast. Yeah, and interesting. What's the you know, since we last spoke, a little technology blew up in the market called large language models and generative AI. Uh-huh. And yes. and I suppose a lot of people are thinking, what does that mean for the future of employment work, that type of thing? You know, are we going to live in a utopian society in the future or a dystopian society? And and I see that it's almost a responsibility for employers in some way, as well as employees, to really, you know, I love this term that came out of Microsoft, which is learn it all, right? And really, mm-hmm. how do you embrace? And, you know, if we're going to see a future where we're going to see artificial intelligence be brought to the bear a lot more, I would be in the position to going, okay, if I can see that future, and I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm going to go out and... I'm going to learn everything I can about enhancing my role, my position, what I do, and what I see the future of that role is. Embracing this Mm -hmm. technology, learning how to use it, I'm probably going to be at an advantage to somebody that says, I'm not going to bother learning it. Um, You know, it's fearful. It's the unknown. And I just see that the Power Platform is such a gateway for people to really bring their digital literacy to a new level. It's got automation mm-hmm. in there. We've got AI builders, so you can start using. We've got co-pilots going to be rolling out everywhere. What's your attitude to to AI and and how it will potentially empower your organization in the future? Yeah, you know, it's we're 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 kind of in the middle of that journey right now. You know, we and we you know we're looking at what our generative AI framework is and. Um, we're, I would say we're moving fast, but we're also moving slow. Um, and maybe not slow, yeah. but we're being very cautious, um, with how we're doing it. And there are a lot of, there are a lot of ramifications with, you know, who we work with an idea of, you know, code being, um, generative and how that all works. Um, and yeah, you know, what you were saying there about the, uh, you know, Satya's, um, uh, you know, uh, be a learn it all, not a know it all, um, is, I, I mean, I think that's it. We were, we were actually just having this discussion tonight with our son um, about kind of the role of generative AI and talking about, you know, in, in like what's happening with it with schools and things like that. And 
it, it still seems like the people who are going to be most successful with this are the people who still understand their domain. Yes. And have, yes, correct. have a knowledge base. Um, so because mm-hmm. you can go and you can ask Power Platform, you can use Copilot and you can say, hey, go create, you know, this expense reporting app that does X, Y, and Z. But if you don't have that domain knowledge, then you're kind of just, you're at that edge there. And I think it's that, that idea of either, it's either the front end of build out this framework for me so that then I can, then I can take it and I can extend it. Or you have that last mile where it's like, okay, I have everything here, or I've written this essay, for instance. Now let's take it that last mile, read through it, you know, proof it, um, you know, make it shine a little more than I could. So I think when, yeah, I think when we look at AI from the, the side of it is a, it's a tool instead of a replacement um, and I think it's like, it's like anything in history that we've, that we've encountered. Um, you know, I mean, you could, you could say the dictionary was going to replace, you know, writers or, you know, it's, it's back to the car or everything like that. Um, you know, and I think we have, um, the, the concerns that I have are around, um, bias, um, that's built into the, the large language models. Um, and, and I think those are going to be our biggest concerns more than the fear of it's going to replace me or what I do. Um, but I will say that book that, uh, AI 2041 that you recommended, um, has been probably one of the most, um, interesting reads because it, those stories sit with you for a long time afterwards and they really do make you think about implications and ramifications of what you're doing with the technology. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I saw a Ted talk recently where an educator in the U.S. had, um, they have shown that the higher ratio of teachers to students, sorry, yeah, if a teacher has, you know, a class of, a larger class, each individual student gets less attention, right? And definitely less Mm -hmm. tailored attention in that classroom environment. And they were able to to show, and and I, I forget the academic institution, that by creating a a a chatbot mentor tailored to the individual, the learning outcomes went through the roof for the individual oh, because wow. it was one on one tuition. And the other thing is, and uh, particularly interfacing with the courses, the thinking of the individual and how they got to it was all fed into the AI model, so it was able to adjust based on the person's learning styles. And what they've found oh, wow. is that if you could ultimately drop a teacher-student ratio down to one-to-one, the, the learning goes through the roof. It's, it's, it's exponential, the learning potential. And so the, yeah. the, the academic that was, was, was presenting at this TED Talk was showing that the implication was is that as this rolls out and becomes more prevalent and you don't, as you use the dictionary example, you don't go from let's ban it because they're going to write the essays or let's ban it because, you know, we can't detect it anymore. It's about going, hang on a second, how could you enhance the learning ability of each student so that when they're, let's say, doing a math equation, that it understands the bit that's tripping them up and then tailors the, the situation so that the learning actually, the learning outcome happens. And the student yeah. goes to the next level, you know, and, and increases their ability. And I just think that's an exciting, some exciting times that we're in, right, of that concept of being able to, you know, detect, you know, I know I was never good at math. I was, well, I wasn't good at school, period. 
Um, it wasn't yeah. yep. modeled to my learning style for whatever reason, and exactly. I hated. I hated it. And but I'm I'm thinking. Imagine a scenario where the things that I found difficult were observed way sooner, and corrective measures measures that were tailored just to my individual learning style was put in place. I wonder what the impact could have been for me um, growing up. But then I think of the future generations. What will the impact and like potential be for for you know, individuals in the future. That's exactly it. I mean, if you, you know, and kind of back to understanding your domain, if you understand your domain, then you understand prompt engineering. And I think, you know, that's going to yeah. be, you know, we were talking today as, as well, like with my son, like, okay, so he's, you know, he's going into sixth grade. How is this going to work in terms of, um, you know, understanding technology? He's going to be going to a micro school where that's less of a focus. And but the focus there is really about, um, you know, communication, collaboration, those type of things. And, you know, we talked about um, those are the things that are going to be more important because that is the language and you're able to communicate. And if you can communicate, then you can think through those prompts. And yeah, I, you know, I spent this afternoon, you know, working, uh, you know, on some pilots with, with co-pilot and in, you know, in Word and asking it to give me some video scripts you know, for how to's mm-hmm. on different things in the power platform. I like it. Um, you know, things that air, that people within our area are starting to have issues around, like, you know, what are security roles or, you know, what are teams inside a dataverse? So I was able to, through the correct prompts, you know, say, give me this video script um, yeah. and point it at the, the, the Microsoft learn information. And it comes back yes. and it gives me a really amazing script with your intro, with your example and your conclusion. And I you can it. then go through and read it and you're like, well, then no, that's maybe not quite either. That's not quite right. Or that's not how we do it as a company. You yep. might have some different ways yeah. that we do it. But again, you know, that, um, you know, that saves so much time. It's, it's, you know, I think it's, it's about freeing us up to do the work that matters. Um, yeah, as we go along. I like it. Yeah. In your power platform practice, um, what do you call it? Do you call it a practice at Luma? We we actually don't. We just kind of it's it's just a um, uh, it's just our team uh, right now. An so it's, it's, okay, okay, okay. It's, yeah, yeah. It would, and we've yeah we we uh, we've absolutely stolen your uh, um, enablement. So we do. We have you know we have our, our center of excellence, and then we have our our center of enablement, which is which is really the nice. Luma makers. Yeah, yeah. Nice. How do you onboard new individuals? You know, I forget who you recommended somebody come on the show, and I just, their names just slipped me. Um, oh, for their organization. Who was it? Mohammed. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, Muhammad in his organization, yeah. mm-hmm. he, he has this driver's license kind of mentality for newcomers. Yeah. Right? They've got to. They've got to know the rules of the road of how to operate inside your organization. And I was like, wow, what a, what a brilliant idea. How are you onboarding new folks and how do they hear about your your team? How do they get involved? Do you curate that or is it up to them to find to find their to find their way? Yeah, so we're I would say that we're moving into phase two um now of adoption. Um and and honestly, it's so often like listening to the guests on your show. Um it's it's like you've got to have a notebook with you. Um, Muhammad's um, interview was was a was a perfect example of that. Where you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I did not even think about that, you know. And you kind of start to take these and pull them together. And I think what we're finding too is that as our as our citizen devs who then become makers um, are becoming uh, more adept 
um, at the technology that we're also now having to shift um, how we do things as well because the demand is getting greater. Um, and mm-hmm. the types of projects are becoming more technical. Um, and I think we talked about this last time about kind of like the fallacy of like the low code, no code. Um, yeah. and, but I, I think we're seeing, we're seeing now that, that these makers are understanding more and more every day. And so what we're looking at is, you know, we have that, that kind of initial idea of, you know, we had the default environment and that's, you know, it's where everybody landed at first. And then with our yeah. licenses, we, you know, we, we looked at our environment strategy. We looked at, you know, what's our, what's our um, maturity model and, and how are we you know sitting with that? And then from there, we, now we are looking at dev environments um, and, you know, trying to do the routing to the dev environments for new users. Um, and, you know, a lot of the, we're using a lot of the managed environment features now as Excellent. well. Um, so, Smart. yeah. So um, like the notification, the first time you come in and giving information, but where we're trying to move now is to say, okay, look, if what you're doing is personal productivity, um, we're going to assume that you're kind of just tinkering and you're going to figure out the, the things that you want to do it might be, you know, the notify me when my boss sends me an email type of stuff that we, that we all started with. And then we're going to start seeing people who say, well, Hey, I, I want to use power automate to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, it's going to have an impact for my area. And we have discussions with them first about the licensing for that, um, you know, and understanding there. But then where we want to go is to say, all right, if you are looking to take that next step, for instance, um, so we're going to go from you being a citizen developer to what we would think of as a maker. Then we want to set you up for success by giving you like baseline training. So intro to power platform, power apps, power automate, all of those. The, what, the idea there is that then we lead them up to app in a day. Um, because what we found was people would come into app in a day, but if you come into that very first, there's a certain point in it, no matter who you are, you're like a deer in the headlights. Um, so we wanted to give them that baseline. That's only like three hours, you know, three hours of work to get to that. Mm -hmm. And then the other Mm -hmm. thing we do is we take that app in a day and we split it into two days. So we do half a day each day, which helps, which helps people within the community because they don't have to take an entire day off. They can take the morning, um, you know, and so we eight to 12, you do that. And then you have a little time to digest it. You have time to either go back or finish things if you can. And, you know, then at that point we're going to say, okay, so we're kind of considering you, um, to be at a maker level now. And Mm -hmm. then the next step would be, how are you going to start deploying what you're doing? Um, and who are you deploying it for? And then that kind of gives us into the secondary of saying, okay, well, you're, your HR and you've got these 10 apps and we know that that should probably actually be in dedicated environments. So we're going to, we're going to give you your own stack and we're going to give you your dev test and your production. Um, so we've got that gateway. We're going to get you set up with pipelines. So power pipelines so that you can actually, you know, push things nice. through properly, but as part of that, what we want to start doing now is looking and say, okay, we want you to, to you know, attest to taking our, you know, our dataverse environmental fundamentals, our solution training, you know, which is going to talk about security roles, environment variables, things like that. And then also understand pipelines and, and ultimately, uh, and GitHub with that so that we can kind mm-hmm. of get that whole thing going. Once they've gone through that, then we'll grant them access to that stack. 
Nice. And some of it might be that you might already have the the leader, and that's something we're working on right now too. Um, uh, and something that you know, blatantly stole from Alan Chai with the the way that uh, um, they do their kind of pods, I think. Um, and so we have a representative, you know, for HR. So that's kind of their lead maker. Nice. And we work directly with them, and then they work directly with their community. So excellent. So that person is really going to be the one responsible for understanding all that training. The other people within there may not have to have like the the pipelines and the GitHub because the person who's the 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 head maker for HR um, or for that pod is going to be is going to act like the release manager and will handle some more of those technical side of things. So. Um, so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of how we're doing that. And then, you know, then there's the next step of trying to roll in the, you know, the fusion and pro devs, uh, on this and, you know, getting them into the, you know, specific app in a days, like the low code for developers and the, the, the PCF, uh, power apps code components, um, app in a day. So those are kind of, that's kind of how we're looking to grow this, um, over the last part of this year. And then we have kind of our like our monthly events, which are the you know the Lumen Makers. Where we're because we're seeing how our community is growing um, in terms of their their topics and their understanding. Um, we're we're going to introduce brown bags on top of the Lumen Makers uh, once a month, mm-hmm. and then probably an advanced topics um, as well. And then we hold nice. office hours, um, yeah, eight times uh, eight times a week. So um, it's a it's, it's going to be a big undertaking, but we feel like at this point, it's, mm-hmm. it's really important that it's done this way. Yeah. Let's just jump to what that you- That was a long-winded you, you answer. <laughs> that, that was great. That was great. What, uh, I just want to jump to what you said there towards the end, which was around, you know, you, you've taken care of the makers and then you've got your fusion and your, your development, your developers. And I, I think of it a very similar way. And I'm interested in the developers in that- it's fine. It's I find that developers, in my experience, not all but some, are opposed to the power platform. You know, if they're used mm-hmm. to developing their own solutions, until they're not, until the light bulb comes on right. and they realize that security, plumbing, scaling, all that kind of stuff, it's taken care of. You can just get to business value super quickly. ALM you know, supported pipelines, all those great rich things that have been developed over years is all day taken care of. And now what you can do is focus on building value, really business value mm-hmm. to the business, but very rapidly without putting the plumbing, the infrastructure, all that kind of stuff that has to be in place, the governance, the the risk of, you know, legacy code and then technical debt associated with those, every environment, you know, every solution that anyone builds needs that in place. How do you help your dev, your hardcore dev folks go from that to that light bulb moment and then becoming a real strategic part of your team because there's so many things that they can build and functionality they can provide to your fusion makers and and, and even your your uh, makers that can really to, to do things that they couldn't a maker you know wouldn't know how to do whether it's a um, a PCF control components any kind of thing like that that's kind of connector outside of their sphere, how are you helping your hardcore developers understand the power of platforms and ecosystems? Yeah. So I think part of that, we're, we're seeing a natural curiosity with that. And I think where the, the, the kind of the, the gateway to that is usually uh, the custom connectors, 
and seeing how quickly um, they can work with that. What what we're planning to do as with kind of this whole rollout and to to gauge the interest by the developers um, is not to so much maybe try and go push it on them or tell them they should use it. But within within like our PMO, when you know they're looking at starting a project, making sure that everyone has an understanding of the tools that are there. So when when they're ideating and they're trying to look for what's the right solution to this, um, they they won't see it as a as a competition for what they're doing currently, um, but instead to look at it and say, well, to your point, you know, everything is baked into this. 80% of what I have to do, and I can spend 20% of the time and get this over the line, which then gets me onto the next thing, which may not necessarily be the right thing for the power platform. So I think just getting them to view it as a tool and not um, not a competition for what they do. Um, yeah. it, exactly. That's that's how we're kind of hoping that that they'll go about it. And I think you know, thinking like look at like the GitHub Copilot and things like that. I think the you know embracing that mentality of okay, this can free me up to do the hard, cool work. Um, and so that's kind of, that's what we're hoping will be the selling point on that as we, as we move forward. Yeah. I've been, I've been referring to the power platform as, as gateway to AI for a lot of organizations lately. And, and that mm-hmm. there, there are companies that are like a deer in headlights when it comes to what are they going to do around AI? They know they can't use public AIs. Um, and so yeah, therefore yeah. there's the whole thing around how do you use Things like um, OpenAI on Azure, that you make sure it's only got access to your data sets. What would happen for your organization if we painted a picture of all your data was accessible? Every data set in your entire organization. So in other words, it had the right <laughs> governance, permissions, it was cataloged. Yeah. Do we, do we have a future state where, you know, because I'm just thinking... In my organization, if I had an AI that was aware of everything, every training resource, my company's been going 111 years, right? You imagine all the data wow, sets yeah. that must exist somewhere, right? Yeah. But it's it's severed. You know, there's no access to it. There's no, for what well, there's been no need, if you like. But in a, in a world where, if you want to have, as as we as you mentioned before, AI that's unbiased, etc. Generally, it's going to be on your own organizational data, which goes back to then is our data biased, and then you know what do we need to do? And right. I talk about cataloging and and getting that clean and 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 consumable. But what happens when when you get to that scenario where all data that within the organization is available is consumable in a governed fashion, and we've taken care of things like compliance um, on that data? Mm-hmm. Do we get to a world where within five years that there is no such thing as low code, no code. It's just no code. In other words, you just, you, the, the prompt engineering is I need a solution that does X and it creates it for us. I can only see it possible if that the data is all available. I think the data is the most critical element. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges for probably every organization is, um, is properly cataloging and tagging your data to make sure that a, the access is, is there for the people who should have it. Um, but then, yeah, that idea, you know, I mean, I think we, we, you know, we went back to this years ago thinking that, you know, if we, if we had access to all of our Excel files through the SharePoint search, what would that do for, you know, what would that do for the company? If you could see all that data at one time, which never really 
truly uh, realized itself the way that, that it was kind of, it was put out there. But um, I, I do think once we do that and you start to see that um, and you can, you can look at those trends and you can see the areas that, that you ha- have either missed or are missing um, because it's just not something that, that we can see. Um, then I think, and it goes back to, again, it's less again about the technology and back to the understanding of your domain, you know, so this, it just kind of gets back to the point where, so then maybe someone doesn't have to go spend 40 hours, you know, a week building, you know, building apps, um, like they are right now, but they're going to have that knowledge to get them to that point. Because I don't think you know, that you're not gonna be able to ask AI to do it all for you. There's always going to be tailoring for every situation. So, again, you're just going to be able to, I think, work smarter and work faster with that data behind you. Um, I mean, I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be road bumps with it. I don't. It, it's, I think the next few years are going to be really, really interesting, and um, I think we've got a, a significant responsibility to make sure that those of us who are working in it are are treating it with the seriousness that it should be. Um, and understanding the ramifications for it, you know, not only, um, at a legal level, but, you know, at a personal level or, uh, you know, interpersonal level and those type of yeah things. I like it. I know our time is almost up. And, and my last question for you is, is what do you, what, what excites you about the next 12, 24 months? <sighs> yeah. Um, what, what one thing, um, <laughs> there's, You know, there's just so much with what's happening right now. I think what I'm most excited about is to see our maker community grow um, when they have access to the tools. Um, You know, once once we feel comfortable as a company to bring for Power Apps um, and Power Automate and get our community to the point where they understand, again, that prompt engineering, um, how to ask the questions, how to fine tune, how to make their code better, what they are writing um, and what they're doing. I'm excited to see the kind of the baseline right now of how our apps are done, what they're doing um, to what they will look like in 12 months. And I, I, I'm sure it will be significant. Um, and I'm also excited to see how much like, like, how much of the like Excel data will consume and bring into Dataverse um, because of how easy that will be. So I, that's going to be where we really start to see it shine. And I, like again, that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's such a and it's such an easy thing, really. That's going to be it's going to be pretty cool. Awesome, Andrew. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. This has been a great uh, great talk. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 Guy. If there's a guest you'd like to see on the show, please message me on LinkedIn. If you want to be a supporter of the show, please check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365Guy. Stay safe out there and shoot for the stars.